You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. They call it social distancing, a concept that some members of The Dan Patrick Show have been practicing for years. Uh, I remember this girl going, gross, get away from me. (laughs) Some members of the show struggle giving people personal space. I think we all need to hug as often as possible during the breaks, after the show, before the show. No, never with you, ever. But with recent events, it's important to remember that the Dan Patrick Show is available with no human interaction. None. No. No. So listen on your radio, via podcast, or even YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. A safe place to go. Dan Patrick. Welcome to The Dan Patrick Show. Temporarily not working from home. Or the studio. Basically, what I'm saying is Dan Patrick is off today. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Studios in Los Angeles. In for Dan Patrick. Uh, hey, I want to thank you guys for filling in, too. The reaction has been great. Is Jason Smith and Rob Parker. It is hour two of the Dan Patrick Show here at Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith and Rob Parker in for Dan and the Danettes. They are off this week, a planned week off. They'll be back next week ready to go. And, uh, Rob, a couple of big NBA stories here to start the second hour of the show as we uh, uh, happy Tuesday. Uh, we got Albert Breer coming up later on this hour to talk all the latest news in the National Football League. But uh, one bit of news that's new coming in and, and one that I want to get into with uh, to debate with you a bit on, uh, the Chinese basketball association uh was set to try to return as you know china's been through the worst of the coronavirus cases are on their way back down and as we see across the the globe what's going on you're seeing okay these these big hot spots you know china especially they've been through the worst and now they're on their way back down and they're looking to get back to normal life and the uh, professional basketball was set to come back in China, but the restart of the season is being postponed due to the asymptomatic cases, which are people who carry coronavirus, don't show any symptoms, and could still pass it along to people. So the the big restart of the season is going to be a postponement there. And, and you can say, okay, this is Chinese basketball, but what does that have to do with, with the United States and the NBA? And that's the thing that I think people aren't taking as much into account for, Rob, is that when we want, we're going to want to get back to normal as soon as possible, right? This quarantine life that we're all living, we're all doing our best. Like, you know, I'm streaming everything I can on Netflix. It's, you know, Netflix is getting a workout in my house, I'm sure, in your house as well. And, and everybody's trying to do what they can. We're two weeks into this. When you think of what we still have to go through, you know, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get locked into this new schedule eventually and, and, and find and be okay with it and the, the new norm and figure when we go out and get groceries, we stay home, how we can go outside and social distance and, and still you know not go crazy but we're going to want to get back to normal sooner rather than later and there's going to be a big push to say okay no everything is fine everything is fine but the players are going to raise their hand and go okay so we're okay to come back without fans because it's dangerous for the fans but what about us who are banging every night and we're exchanging droplets and you know sweat on each other? It's it's okay for us, but it's not okay for the fans. And I think that's kind of what LeBron was trying to say uh, on on the Richard Jefferson podcast on Friday night was saying, "Hey, there's no NBA without the fans. We do X, Y, and Z. And what am I going to do if there's a loose ball and I'm going for it with a guy that I know had coronavirus? Am I going to go after it as hard as I should? Am I going to get as close to him as I need to?" I think he was trying to 
throw it out there that just because you're going to want to come back, we all want to come back, we're not coming back if, if there's still a kind of danger out there for us to spread this. We want to make sure this coronavirus goes away. And if the Chinese Basketball League, which is trying to come back, says, wait a minute, there's still too many asymptomatic cases. We don't want this to get a, a fresh round in our country. I think that's what, what we need to look at in the NBA and the NHL and MLS and all the other sports as well is that, okay, when we are past the worst of it and we're trying to get back to normal, there's still going to be that, is it still really 100% safe for players to come back? Because if it's not safe for fans to come back, how is it safe for players? And I think you're going to get a a pushback from the players and we're not going to be able to say, okay, we're back, let's start. I think it may be postponed further because of that. Well, I agree. And I think that's what Van Gundy was saying, that ultimately they can talk about all the things they want to try and and you know no fans and and some sort of uh, isolated site so that at least you could televise games and all that but there's too many people that have to be involved in order for this to go on referees right the people who run the clocks and the statistics the ball boys it's not just uh 12 guys from each team and and a couple of coaches do you know what i mean mm-hmm. this staff that has to be evol- involved in this uh, what about the writers? Are they covering the games? Are, are writers covering the games or no? I mean, so the press has to be there. There's just so many ways that guys could still wind up with that, uh, you know, with the virus passing around, and I think you're right. If it's not safe enough to bring the fans back, I don't. I think that tells you it's not safe enough for the players. They're not immune. They're not exempt. And then what happens if you find out that uh, a staffer or, or a player, Jason, uh, has it. Now what? Now you've exposed these people, you know, these players or whatnot, again into a situation, and then, and then you might have to, you know, pull the plug again. So, so it, there's a lot of stuff going on there. I, I, I'm not. I think it's too tricky. I think it's too tricky to predict if they can come back and play. I understand why they want to play. Everybody wants them to play. This was supposed to shape up to, you know, is LeBron going to get another championship, win one in L.A.? Are the Clippers going to win? Is Milwaukee going to win? There's some intrigue there that people were looking forward to as we, you know, close out the NBA season. But I'm not so sure we're going to get that. You know, that's why I think Major League, I always look and see what are signs that I can see someplace else in the world or, or, or that's going to tell us, okay, this is what we're going to experience. Because, look, the, the unknown is scary, right? We don't know what's next, and every day we wake up and do the same thing. We get online, we check what's what's the latest, what's happening now, are things better, are they worse? And, you know, I always look and say, okay, what's a sign that can tell me this is what's going to be next for us? And I see this, and I say this is what's next for us when it comes to sports. And, and, and the NBA returning, look at what China is doing, the asymptomatic cases uh, we're postponing, and and that's going to be what the NBA is going to have to do because even when they want to return, okay, well now we have this, we got to make sure that that everything is gone before, and there's no danger before we come back to play. That's why I feel like Major League Baseball's got it right. You know, when they put out that statement late last week saying, "Here's the here's the was we outline our probabilities for return." We want to make sure there's no travel restrictions between the United States and Canada. We want to make sure that there's no danger in, in social gathering, which means that fans can come, and if fans can come, that means the players can be there, and that there's no danger to the players in competing. 
And that's what was agreed upon, and I think that's what every professional sports uh, league is going to agree upon. Okay, no travel restrictions. Uh, the players are all safe, and when the fans can come back, we all come back. And that that's how it's going to wind up being. And I think you're going to see a lot of a lot of leagues adopt that as the boilerplate of their agreement. Here's what we need for when we return. And if you need all of those things to return, I mean, I, you know, look, it's it's not it's not it's not May, middle of May, June. This is how much into the summer are we? Are we at the point where a variable enters and when the weather warms up and the coronavirus cases disappear dramatically and and suddenly then we can really uh, uh, heal and 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 get healthier at a geometric rate? I mean, that's what I think you have to look at and hope that that's where we're at. But seeing this being the, the, the boilerplate for a return, I mean, this means it's gonna it's still going to be, as, as long as you think it's going to be, it's going to be longer than that. Uh, I, I, it's hard for me to, to disagree. I mean, Well, you when know, I'm, I'm right, a, I'm right, Rob. I mean, that's a thing, you know. You know? It's not often that you're right on these things. <laughs> you know, we fill in and do shows together and me and you butt heads because, uh, you know, you're off the wall. But, but I, it's hard for me to argue <laughs> with that. It would be great for me to sit here and say, oh, no, everything will be straightened out in six weeks or a month and a, a month or whatever. Just doesn't look like that. And, and, you, and you're right with what baseball put out um, and the NBA. And I, and I give the NBA credit. As soon as a player was, was found positive, it was, they shut everything down and what, like they should have. Uh, and now it's, it's a difficult spot to be in. I, all these commissioners, and you know Kirk Herbstreet, from ESPN said he thinks that the college football and NFL season won't be played. I mean, Jason, when you hear that, I mean, that means we're in for this for months, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a little too early to say, okay, once you get to September – are we there? You know, and look, can I see some preseason games, uh, you know, get knocked off this year? Yeah, I could see that because I could see training camp starting late. Could I even see maybe a 12-game season this year if it, if it worse comes to worse and you're talking about playing the beginning of October? Yeah, but I still think the NFL is going to wind up playing and they're going to have close to a full season as long as things progress in the United States as they're progressing in, in, in the rest of the world. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, my, my issue is the, the, the number that the, that the White House put out and people are talking about. The loss of 200,000 people in the United States. Yeah. That's not going to happen next month. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That's no. going to. It's going to take months to get to that number, don't you believe? To get to two hundred thousand? Yeah, it's going to. Well, you know, I I don't know. I mean, every every day when you look at that at the the increasing number of cases and it. But it's, I'm talking about I don't know deaths. how long. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, who knows how long? Because I I don't know how how far along you know people are that have it. You got hot spots like New York and and LA. different cities and you know in L A that's starting to become one. So I you know it's 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 hard for me to say when that's going to happen now. And you talk Here's about- the other thing too. Here's the other thing in the NFL. It's it's really if if, you, if the NBA is uh is is contact in your close quarters, the NFL too. You're on top of people, uh, sweat, saliva, snot, whatever is flying. I mean, don't you think that that there's better chances of people playing football to contract it? It's almost impossible not to be in each other's private space. You're talking about staying away from people six feet. The NFL, I'm on top of you. I just tackled you. I'm, I'm, we're face-to-face on the ground. Well, I'm sure what they'll do is this, is they will have everybody take a test, 
and you know every, everybody, everybody's going to have to pass tests before they come back to play. And what's going to happen is, okay, we're going to training camp, and everybody is testing, and this is who's around training camp, and it's just going to be us. It's just going to be these however many people. Maybe they invite less people to training camp as a result, but these are the people here. There's going to be no contact, and we're going to have training camp, you know, kind of in quarantine for that. And now you're talking about another month of not being able of of being able to get past the other side of this. So if that's the case, like you're also we're also talking about September. That's a lot of time between now and then. But what I can see, you know, you mentioned the 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 difficulty for players and some of the danger. One thing I can see in in a big way is teams that play in the hot spot cities. You know, specifically, you know, New York right now, which is being overrun and and every day is an update on you know what's happening with New York City. Uh, I can see there being such a concern that teams like the Jets and the Giants have to play somewhere else, have to be and 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 play their games at a at another site, almost like a like if a team is having a uh, you know a, a new stadium built and they have to play somewhere else for a year and have to play in a different plot. Except this is going to be where they play in a different location. Like, could the Jets have to play out of Buffalo for a year? Because of it, because New York City is so bad, they got to play there. Could they have to play someplace else? They play in Washington, and they split time there because of the 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 hot spot. It's going to take New York longer to recover. Some of those bigger cities that are going to have that that's going to be longer. I can see them saying, "You know what? We can't have the big gatherings here. We can't do this. They have to play someplace else." Yeah, I mean, it it, it could be the case in some of these cities. So. Um, it just depends on how many. Do you know what I mean? Are you also moving the Chargers and the Rams out of L.A.? Do you know what I mean? Do you, it's, it's not just New York. It would have to be a number of cities. And then how does that work with attendance and people showing up? And uh, Are we talking about games without fans in the NFL? Or are you talking about fans that, that by September we're back to back in business oh, i'm talking about by the time we get to september in in october then it'll be it'll be okay to go to the games i mean because look there's also going to be look, we talked about the push a few minutes ago about how nba is going to want to come back and players are going to say when it's safe there there's got to be a time when we say okay now we're going to get back to normal and you know this we kind of have to move forward here in our life and we, we got to make that decision at some point and as long as there's going to be no real danger for people to come to games then we're going to have the game start again you know there's still a, hey, could there be a case where hey someone comes and somebody gets sick in a game yeah but i i mean and i don't know i'm not a medical expert obviously but i have to think that you know you're never going to eradicate everything you know so there's always going to be cases where times where that can happen but if for vast majority to get back to normal life and and get and get the economy back going where it is we're going to have to make that decision at some point and as long as it's 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 clear for fans to go to games then that's going to be that's going to be the big final green light that goes it lets us all play yeah the only thing is and i, and I say this with the nba uh you know the longer you don't practice and the longer you can't train I think that's what derails it, even in football, you know, with training camp opening up and stuff. And I think that's what Kirk is really talking about is the other process that goes along with it. So September might be cool or getting cool, but you haven't practiced and you haven't been together and you haven't done the things that you need to do to, to play football. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that, mm-hmm. that, that could further delay it just because you can't get back on the field yet. And we're still months away. I don't. I don't know how this thing works. It, this is the. This is the thing I think that frustrates most people, is that 
you can deal with stuff when you know that there's an end. Like, okay, I can deal with this for a couple of months if I know that this will be over. That's not where we are. We just don't know that. And I think that's the part that people have a issue with. You know, like, I, I, I don't, is this going to be over in two months or 10 months or next year? We, do we know? We don't know. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Rob at Rob Parker, FS1. Jason Smith, Rob Parker, in for Dan and the Danettes. Again, the new news just coming in. Uh, the Chinese basketball season's return was postponed because of worry of asymptomatic cases. So their return got pushed back a little bit, something I think we're going to see happen in the United States. We get to that point as well. The asymptomatic cases are something that needs to be cordoned off and taken care of before anybody in any sport wants to return. So I think what we're seeing here in China, uh, as far as that return being postponed, something we're going to see in the United States as time goes on. We'll have more on this story as it develops. We've got Albert Breer coming up in a few minutes. Talk all the latest news in the National Football League, the Patriots plan, post-Tom Brady, and more. Keep it right here. Jason Smith, Rob Parker, in for Dan and the Danettes, Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports Radio, the Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes off today. Have a scheduled vacation this week. They'll be back next week. Jason Smith, Rob Parker in for them today. And, uh, you know, we got Albert Breer coming up in a few minutes. We'll get all the latest news on the New England Patriots and what they have going forward. And this new story uh, the past 24 hours, Rob, that Tom Brady pitched the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on joining them when free agency began. It was very surprising. Jason Light doing an interview, GM of the Bucks yesterday, saying that, yeah, yeah, well, I was surprised. You know, we're on, ready to pitch him, and he's the one telling us about him, knowing our team, and that, hey, this is, you know, Brady wanted to come here. And, you know, seeing this, number one, I, I don't believe it at all. Uh, any Anything I have seen, if I, can, if I can go look at one thing with Brady over the course of the past few months, is he has done a great job in controlling the narrative of what people think of him and his free agency. Everything we've gotten was from Jeff Darlington or Adam Schefter, and it was stuff that nobody else had. You know it wasn't the Patriots talking, so you know they were talking to Brady's people. And every story that came out about Brady was, this is what the Patriots have done. Tom Brady is, is going to leave. You know, we never got any sense that he was going to stay. We heard about bad phone calls with him and the Patriots, a phone call that didn't go very well, and everything was very pro-Brady. And I, I just see this as another story and an example of how Brady trying to say, oh, yeah, I wanted Tampa Bay, when the reality was something we talked about earlier in the show. How many teams were really in on him? How many teams really wanted Tom Brady? I mean, there was there should have been the first the first day of free agency, that first minute, so many teams calling going, hey, Tom, do you want to come here? What do you want? But there was none of that. It was pretty quiet and very Quickly, we got down to it's just a couple of teams. It's Tampa Bay and it's the Chargers, and I want to stay on the East Coast. And, okay, the only team that was going to have me was going to be Tampa Bay, so I want to control the narrative that I picked Tampa Bay when, in reality, do you really think that's where Brady wanted to go? I mean, there's, there's no, no way. I, I don't believe it and wear those ugly uniforms and the whole nine yards. This is a franchise, Jason, that hasn't been in the playoffs in 12 years. This year with Brady, we'll make it a baker's dozen, but we'll get to that later. But anyway, <laughs> I, I just I, I think you're right. This is Brady trying to spin it. He's trying to sell himself. It's almost pathetic that he's trying to – he had to convince them that uh, he's the perfect fit for them 
it just tells you. And there was a reporter on ESPN who didn't source it or say that this is what she knew and blah, blah, blah. But she put out there that there wasn't a market for Brady. And she was absolutely right. When you look at what the Colts did, especially a franchise like that, where I thought if I had a chance to take Brady or Phillip Rivers and I'm trying to put all my chips in the middle of the table and give myself a shot maybe this year or next year, I would take Brady over Phillip Rivers. But the difference, Phillip Rivers got a one-year contract. Brady's trying to hold people hostage for two years, right, at a 43, at 43 years old starting this season. I think that's what turned most people off to Tom Brady. And let's not – and I think you said it earlier, Jason, and it's right. Despite the wins, despite the numbers or whatever, Tom Brady did not have a great year last year. You saw the signs. I don't know. You know, Tom Brady's um, badge of honor was always Tom Brady does more with less than anybody else. That's what I was always told, right? And then last year was, well, what do you expect? He didn't have anybody. Which one is it? So, so I think Tampa Bay really wound up paying the bad team tax, having to take on the second year. I get why the Chargers were willing to – take Tom Brady, and I think along with football, the bigger part was financial. They got a brand-new stadium opening in Los Angeles. Their fan base is is almost non-existent, and, Jason, they need to sell tickets. Brady would have done a lot for that, at least in the first or second year of this new stadium. So the Chargers made sense. Uh, Tampa Bay did it because they're bad. They're a bad franchise, have been. I don't care what the roster is. They're a bad team that hasn't won, and they still have division, uh, have a tough competition in the division that they're in. No, and, and that's the the one lesson that I think everybody can take away from this is that regardless as to who you are, when you are an aging superstar and you're 42, going to be 43 years old, and your play on the field is declining, you're not going to be the person that can pick and choose where they want to go. This is not a 30-year-old Tom Brady hitting free agency. It's not a 28-year-old Kirk Cousins hitting free agency. This is a 42-year-old Tom Brady who did not have a big year last year, who the Patriots want to move on from. And if the Patriots, who know Brady more than anybody, know him better than anybody in the world, and they've had him and they've gotten to unbridled and, and unaccomplished success over the course of the past 20 years, if they're ready to move on from him, him, what does that tell you about where Tom Brady's level is at? Who leaves the Patriots and goes someplace and is great? I mean, who does it? Who leaves the Patriots and goes someplace and says, boy, they're really, really, really good. Now, is some of it Brady, the way they treated each other, the acrimony between Brady and the Patriots, so maybe it was hastened a little bit? Yeah, I get that, and I think that's a part of it. But, you know, when you're that old, you want to keep the game going you're not going to have your pick. It's not like, you know, when you're 42, 43, it's who wants to pay me. You know, some guys get to that point earlier in their careers. If you're a 31-year-old running back that's got a lot of tread on their tires, well, I want to keep playing. Well, you can take this two-year, $5 million deal or not play. Well, I'll take a two-year, $5 million deal from the Jaguars or whoever it's going to be. Boy, I would like to play for the like to play for the Steelers, like to play for the Cowboys. Well, that's not happening. They don't want you. You, you, you don't have the leverage in this. And Brady really didn't have the leverage because what he's trying to do is just keep the game going when he's 42, 43 years old, seeing if he can have a Peyton Manning type end to his career like when Manning joined Denver. Yeah. Uh, Brady is trying to do his own thing, and 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 most people just look at it as and, – and people might not want to hear it, but it is. It, it was a – it's an ego thing. 
a money grab. If Tom Brady was really confident in, in his ability, what would be the problem with, with taking a year, right? With a, and then the next year would be a team option, right? If, mm-hmm. if you're still that guy. And you're right. The Patriots have already, it was 20 years. You telling me and Bob Kraft, oh, Tom Brady's like a son. If Bob Kraft really wanted Tom Brady to only wear the Patriots uniform and only stick around, what would they have done? They would have made it work. They would have paid the money, right? The guy was there for 20 years. You won six championships. It reminds me of Michael Jordan's last two years. Michael Jordan wanted to stay in Chicago. He told the Bulls ownership, right? It's very if, if you guys bring Phil back, I'm interested in coming back. What was the first thing they did, Jason? Phil's not they announced Phil's not coming back. You're not <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically you told Michael Jordan, we don't want you back either. That's what they said. So what did he do? He went to the awful Washington Wizards and he played fine when more than half of the teams in the NBA, sixteen out of thirty, make the playoffs. Michael Jordan could not make the playoffs in both seasons in Washington. I know everybody got Tom Brady penciled in for the Super Bowl and all that. You could wind up having the same thing. This could wind up being disastrous. This could wind up being Michael Jordan all over again. This could be Willie Mays tripping over himself in in, in left field for the Mets in 1973. I'm dating myself. <laughs> wow. That, well, the fir- you made the first reference in the show was to the 1920s you made. Well, you know, I can't <laughs> help it. I'm, I'm getting a little bit better. But you see my point. That's what it could wind up being for Tom Brady. I don't know that it's going to be that bad, but it's not going to be everything that they expect it to be because Brady is no longer a dynamic quarterback. Now, could the weapons help him? Sure. Chris Godwin's fantastic. So is Mike Evans. They got a really good defense. You know, they, they can compete. But to think Brady's going to suddenly hit the fountain of youth, I mean, that's not going to happen. I mean, for Peyton Manning, the biggest thing he did was going to Denver because what happens? In that thin air, you get 10 more yards on your fastball. And that's one thing that people forgot to take in consideration. Boy, Peyton Manning suddenly is back. He's always been great. No, you saw Peyton Manning those last couple of years. He had trouble throwing the football. But those first couple of years when he was great, especially at home, because in that thin air, that ball travels more. Your fastball goes a little bit further. Further, he was able to slow down the decline. And that's what Brady's trying to do now is slow down the decline. And he was way younger. I mean, he wasn't 42 going on 43 either. That's the other part of uh, Peyton Manning. Yes, he was coming off a major injury and whatnot, but he wasn't as old as Tom Brady. And if you remember, even the year he won the Super Bowl, uh, that uh, final year, uh, he got benched for Brock Oswaller, remember yeah. that? Oh, During yeah, the season, yeah. He was so bad that year. And even in the playoffs, I think he threw for, in the Super Bowl, threw for like 90 or 100 yards and had a pick and a fumble. He he did not play well and no touchdown. He was not – maybe one touchdown – he did not play that well in that uh, Super Bowl. No, they, they could they would have won that Super Bowl with Brock Osweiler, who at that point could throw the football. I mean, Manning couldn't even throw. I think they had a field goal. The offense, they had a field goal their opening possession of the game. I think they had a field goal on their first possession of the second half, and that was it. And that's, that's the points that Peyton Manning put up because they were driven by their defense. And the defense made plays and sacked Cam Newton and got fumbles and, and they got turnovers. And that's what really won the games for them. But, you know, but Manning at the end clearly was done physically. And Brady, after another year, suddenly, I mean, like people think he's suddenly like he's not motivated, like he wasn't motivated last year with the Patriots. He wasn't trying his hardest. And I'm pretty sure he was. I don't think Brady was taking any years off to go, yeah, well, we stink and I'm going to go someplace 
next year, so this year is going to be what it's going to be. No, and Brady has always been a player who has been able to elevate the level of players around him. That's why they haven't always needed great success. Now, when did he have his best success numbers-wise? Well, when he had Wes Welker, when he had Randy Moss, and now look, Julian Edelman turned into a really terrific wide receiver, and you know, he's had guys there. But you can't stop the fact that Brady – you. Couldn't throw deep as well as he could before. He had trouble with a little bit of accuracy when he didn't have the offensive line keeping him upright like they did normally. Brady turned into an average quarterback. And, you know, Brady's always, when whenever you get pressure on Brady, he turns into a different guy. He doesn't stay in and throw the football. He throws the ball low. He throws it early. He yells at his teammates. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of what it's been for Brady. So I completely get that there's, you know, not been a market for him, and, and this is where he winds up. But like I said, he did a great job controlling the narrative of saying, okay, like, I'm picking Tampa Bay. This is it. I, I'm controlling everything when really it was, oh, well, there's not as much interest. So, okay, what do I do from here? Yeah, there you go. There's Tom Brady, and it it will be interesting. I know people like to go crazy. People went crazy over the Browns last year. Do you remember after they got OBJ? Oh, my God, how are you going to stop that team? (laughs) You remember that? (laughs) It was all all the rave. Everybody was all about the Browns. Not only were they going to make the playoffs, they were going to win the Super Bowl, I I remember last year. Uh, How'd that work out? Joining us now on the hotline, senior NFL reporter, Monday morning quarterback, it's Albert Breer. You can follow him on Twitter, at Albert Breer. Albert, how's it going? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. Hey, so, you know, we're we're talking to all our guests, obviously. Like everybody everybody else, right? Like, I got the kids home when they wouldn't be home. So, lots of interesting new hurdles, but we're healthy, which is, you know, the most important. That's all that matters, no doubt about it, Albert. Are you doing schooling for your uh, for your kids like uh, Darren Ravel is? He's doing kindergarten math and uh, English with his kids. Yeah, well, I got five year olds and three year olds. My 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 wife's doing a lot of pre K stuff with them. Which, um, yeah, whenever this thing's over, I, I can I can promise you there'll be no uh, there'll be no homeschooling going forward okay. here. I think. Right, they're going to school. We've got a pretty good appreciation for what teachers do after this. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about uh, the situation with Brady, the story yesterday, Jason Light saying that Brady made a sales pitch to join the team. I I think that this has been a great job of Brady controlling the narrative the past few months as to, you know, what what the market really, you know, was for him as he making this free agent decision. What was the, you know, in everybody you've talked to and seen, what was the market for Brady when it came down to, all right, he's a free agent now, anybody can get him. Yeah, I mean, I think our team, a lot of teams discussed it. You know, like the Niners internally discussed it because word had gotten to them that Brady wanted to go there. Um, the Titans internally discussed it because Ryan Tannehill was going to be a free agent. So there were a number of teams that sort of had one foot in, one foot out, and sort of looked at it and said, okay, well, if we can maximize this asset, then this falls in place, that falls into place, then maybe. Like, you know, for the Titans, it was if – you know, the contract negotiations go off the rails and Tannehill's people are unreasonable, um, you know, then we've got an option there. I think for the Niners, it was if someone wants to come and blow us away with some offer for Jimmy Garoppolo, um, you know, then, you know, then we'd listen. You know, but there weren't, I don't think, as many teams as, as Brady probably himself anticipated um, that were all in. And, and really, in the end, it was two teams that were all the way in. That was the, the, the Bucks and the Chargers. And so, I mean, look, like, you know, both those teams had, had pretty good conditions for him. Um, both those teams were willing to meet um, a list of sort of conditions that he set out. 
And so, you know, I, I know it's a little giant for everybody to imagine Tom Brady's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, but, you know, the truth is at the very end, his options were fairly limited. And, and what was the turnoff for people, Albert? It, was it A, d- diminishing skills, which we yeah. saw last year, or was it B, the idea that here's a guy at 43 who also is trying to get people to pay uh, yeah, you know the the two years well, instead of like what Philip Rivers took, which was one right. year, and we see what happens after that. Well, I, let me let me give you I'll give you a, a, a really good example. Now the Colts weren't in this at all, right? Um, and really, the reason why the Colts weren't in this at all, uh, you know, Chris Ballard, Frank Reich, they like what they've built there the last three years, and they sort of looked at it and they said, okay, like so we dealt with something that was super unexpected last year, the the, the retirement of Andrew Luck. And we got, you know, average quarterback play out of Jacoby Brissett, which, you know, considering the circumstances, wasn't bad. Um, You know, so we really like what we built here, and we want to keep the train on the tracks. And, you know, Philip Rivers, for all of his, you know, for the age and the the other issues that that, that he had last year, uh, Frank Reich knows him. Nick Sirianni, their offensive coordinator, knows him. So Frank Reich offered them a chance to keep the train on the tracks. And the reason I'm bringing up that example is because Brady in certain ways forces you to blow a lot of things up. And that's what the Colts weren't, weren't willing to do. That's what, you know, would have taken a lot for the Niners to do. That's what, you know, the Titans didn't really want to do where, you know, okay, like Brady's coming in now to meld your offense to what he does well. You're going to blow up, you know, the timeline for your organization and say we're in a two-year window now. There were just lots of things that I think, you know, kind of are part and parcel to signing a quarterback that old. Um, beyond just, you know, the idea that you're in uncharted territory, which is true too, but you really had to kind of. I mean, this is a, different than even Peyton Manning in 2012, because Peyton Manning um, that year was was going into you know a season in which he'd be 36 years old. Um, this is more you're looking at it and you're saying, even if you thought he could still really play, right? Like you're looking at it and you're saying, we've got to sort of blow up who we are offensively and, you know, meld up what we do to what Tom Brady does. And beyond just that, um, we've got to blow up our timeline and we've got to go all into the next couple of years. And if you sort of look at those conditions, guys, you can start eliminating a lot of teams because a lot of teams weren't willing to do that. Albert, as far as the Patriots go, Matthew Slater, one of the team captains, said yesterday that the standards don't change for the Patriots and what they expect to accomplish this year. Now, certainly this is a team that that you know needs a, a rebuild, a bit of a rebuild, even though they won 12 games last year. What's the realistic expectations for them this year as far as on the field what they can do? Well, they're certainly going to reset. And, and, you know, like they've been, they've been an older team the last couple of years. You know, there were people in that organization um, that really sort of, felt like they needed to blow the thing up after 2018 um, because they'd gotten older in so many spots. Um, and because they won it all, I think, you know, they sort of felt an obligation to let those guys run it back one more time and see if they could win another championship with the group on hand. But the result is they got really, really old. And so now, um, you know, they've got the salary cap issues and they've got, you know, sort of, you know, they're in a position now that they were in, you know, I'd say 08, 09, 2010 when they started to move on from guys like Rodney Harrison and Ty Law and, and Mike Vrabel and, um, you know, Teddy Bruschi, you know, Troy Brown. Um, they're sort of in that spot right now. The difference is that, you know, back then they had Tom Brady in his prime and he could sort of make up for a lot of the things that they were sort of doing around him. 
you know, now they're, they're going to go through the same sort of process where they're going to clean out their finances and they're going to look to go into 2021 with sort of, you know, I, I, I like a, an entirely different, like looking team that's going to be younger, that's going to be cheaper, that's going to be more efficient financially. Uh, you know, the question is, can they ride it out the same way they did in that like 09, 2010 window? And, you know, I, I just, I think it's a lot to ask. Um, you know, if it's Jared Stidham as the quarterback, it's going to be a lot to put on the shoulders of a guy who's going into his second year. I know he's really mature, but it doesn't matter who he, who he are. It's going to be a lot to ask of a young guy. Um, I still think they're going to be competitive on a week-to-week basis because they're that well-coached, and they're still some really good players in that team, guys like Stephon Gilmore and, and Dante Hightower and Julian Edelman, proud guys, Devin McCourty, uh, Matthew Slater. They aren't going to let the standards slip too far. Um but, I mean, I think they're facing an uphill climb. I mean, the one thing that might, you know, save them is the one thing that they've benefited from the last, you know, 20 years, which is, you know, the division isn't exactly the strongest in the NFL. Albert, real quick for me, last thing, uh, who wins bigger sooner? Is it Brady or is it Belichick? And I just mean I, I'm not predicting neither one to win a Super Bowl in the next couple of years because Brady's window obviously is – only a couple of years. Uh, who's going to, in the next two years? Who will, who will look better when this is all said and done? Will Brady look like Willie May stumbling in left field, or will, uh, or will uh, Belichick, uh, you know, yeah. keep his team going? I think we all hope he doesn't look like Willie Mays with the Mets, or I would go go name with the Chargers, right? Some like there are yes. some bad stuff. He there. was with the Rams. The Rams. Oh, that yeah. was terrible. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's going to be yeah. It was Johnny Unitas with the Chargers, right? Oh yes, yes, one. Johnny yeah, U. Yeah, that's 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 the one. Um, no, I, I I like look like I think this is probably you know Joe Montana with the Chiefs would probably be the right comparison which is interesting because it's, it's Brady's boyhood hero uh, you know Montana went to, went to a really really good Chiefs team and was sort of able to move into the next phase of his career I feel like that's where Brady's been for for a while <clears throat> like that for the last year I would say or so he's been sort of you know now a level where it's you know John Elway in Denver at the very end where Elway had a great team around him and didn't need to do what he needed to do in the 80s for the Broncos to win. Rod Smith, Ed McCaffrey, Terrell Davis, Shannon Sharp, and one of the best, um, one of the best offensive lines in football. And so I think the, I, I think because of the skill talent on hand, I don't think Brady is going to just fall on his face in Tampa. I think he'll play fine. Um, I think Tampa's going to be pretty good. They were seven and nine last year with their quarterback throwing for throwing 30 interceptions and seven and seven going into the last couple weeks of the season. So. I think that Tampa team will probably be a 10-11 win team. I think Brady will look fine. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Belichick because this is obviously a real challenge. And I can tell you guys this. As great as Belichick's been at building teams and winning on Sunday, he always had this enormous – I mean, Brady didn't create margin for error. Brady was the margin for error. You could miss on a receiver in the draft. You could miss on offensive linemen. You could make mistakes hiring coaches. And Brady was had a way of making up for it. And um, it's going to be fascinating to watch the greatest coach of all time go into this scenario where that margin for error is now eliminated. You can follow him on Twitter at Albert Breer. That is at Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter, Monday morning quarterback, and future teacher in That's the United right. States of America. Albert. Get, get those milk and cookies ready for teaching, okay? Oh, God, God. Yeah, I, I can't, can't get him back to school 
soon enough. Hopefully safely, too. All Appreciate right. it, guys. There it goes. Great stuff from Albert Breer. Hey, we got more NFL on the way. Could the big free agents your team signed wind up not playing for your team after the draft? Well, potentially, maybe not. That's coming up next. Keep it right here. Jason Smith, Rob Parker, in for Dan and the Danettes. This is Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Fox Sports Radio, the Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Dan, that's a planned week off. Jason Smith, Rob Parker. In for them. Thanks to Albert Breer for stopping by a few minutes ago with us. And Rob, I want to throw this at you because this is something that uh, Adam Schefter talked about on ESPN a few minutes ago. Uh, this is kind of fun to think that, well, or kind of weird to think that maybe the NFL free agents that your team signed over the course of the past couple of weeks may not be playing for you after the draft as because many free agents agreed to contracts but have been unable to actually sign them. So after the draft is over, if a team that needed a wide receiver or a shutdown cornerback or a edge rusher feels like they – have addressed that position in the draft, they could conceivably pull the offers to these free agents and move on and go, all right, you know, well, we don't have to spend $8 million a year on this guy because we were able to get this guy in the draft. We didn't know that we could get him. And potentially, these guys may be looking for work and teams could back out of their agreements. Now, I don't know how realistic that is, but in a year where, you know, who knows how things are going to go, we're living something new every single day, I can't dismiss that. I, th- I thought we saw Tom Brady sign a contract. Oh! I saw that. <laughs> well, no? not all of them. Not well, not all of them had the real fancy watch. Because maybe signing Tam- the deal maybe and- Tampa Bay might pull yeah. out when they realize what they've done, <laughs> and they paid the bad team tax of an extra twenty five. And they, you know, Tom Brady was the guy who had the uh, dad bod before he even had any kids. So yeah. you know, they might just decide. Wait a minute, what were we thinking? No wonder he did such a sell job on us, trying to get us. We got bamboozled. We got snookered. We got uh, hoodwinked. Wow. So after a month to think about it, wait a minute, do we really want to do that? We're going to go back on this free agent acquisition of Tom Brady. Tom, sorry. Yeah, we were real excited, but, uh, yeah, we're not doing that now because we drafted Jalen Hurts, and and, uh, we're just going to put him in and let him play. And we realized after everything was over that nobody else wanted you. (laughs) We were thinking, my God, we thought that we won some sort of bidding war. And we realized nobody wanted you, and the Chargers only wanted you to sell tickets. So you mean to tell me we're the only ones believing that Tom Brady can make a difference? Just think about that. It wasn't like there weren't quarterback openings. They were all over the place. Yeah, but nobody wanted Brady. Yeah, look, they, Teddy that, Bridgewater was going to Carolina first. Yeah, Right. Th- this is... Look, there's always going to be buyer's remorse for teams with free agents in the NFL, but you, you could we could tell you could tell the bad deals right when they happen going, who are they bidding against for this? Well, this is this is the you know, and there's also the the flip side of it is boy, nobody really went in on this guy who who was pretty good last year and was, you know, the third best slot corner in the, in the game and and the way he was great, he didn't get a big contract. You know, there's those, but the ones where you say Oh, they didn't have to give him that kind of money. I mean, that that's apparent. You know, Robbie Anderson. I mean, really? He was out there forever. You had to give him two years and twenty million dollars, Carolina. I mean, I get you wanted to have somebody for Teddy Bridgewater, but man, I, I don't think anybody figured they had to give him that kind of money. I mean, you could tell those bad deals right away. You can. And it'll be interesting. I know Albert already has Brady and him in the NFC championship game and all that. I'm not buying into that. I'm the guy who's saying that Tampa Bay will not 
and OT make the playoffs with Tom Brady. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Rob at Rob Parker FS1, Jason Smith, Rob Parker in for Dan and the Danettes. Coming up next, a big story out of the NBA, something many people are waiting for, and it's not going to be the replay of a classic game somewhere on TV. I'll tell you what that's all about next. This is Fox. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. <laughs> 